So I lick my wounds. I feel the feelings. I feel the failure. I feel the disappointment. I feel the embarrassment. I make sure to let those emotions run through my body. Then I take a deep breath. Then I try and change the way I view things. And then I try to separate my identity from the failure, my identity from whatever that thing was, because that was an attempt. Welcome to the Rising Leader Podcast, where being a high achiever doesn't necessarily equate to being an effective leader. Let's check to see if you're in the right place. If you're rising through the ranks of your organization so fast that your leadership skills need to grow as fast as your responsibilities, you're in the right place. If it seems you need different skills to lead your team or lead from within a group of talented, competitive peers, you're in the right place. If you're looking to become a trusted advisor to the CEO, you are definitely in the right place. So now that we know that you're in the right place, enjoy today's conversation. Before we begin the show, I have something for you. The Rising Leader Handbook is going to be published in October of this year, but you don't have to wait. If you go to my website, www.markjsilverman.com, click the red button, you can get an advanced copy of the executive summary of the Rising Leader Handbook. In the same place, you can get a copy of Only Tens. Love to get your feedback. Now on with the show. So my family is a baseball family, and my son, Zach especially, is a, basically a baseball savant. He eats, breathes, drinks, lives baseball. He does a, a, a prospect, in-depth prospect analysis every year for college and high school baseball for going into the majors. And he sends me these really interesting articles about baseball players, about coaches, uh, so, and sometimes things that, that correspond to what I do for a living as an executive coach. And he sends me a thread by a pitcher named Christopher Troy. Now, Christopher is a relief pitcher, and he's brought in when something is happening in the game and there's people on base and they need to get out of the inning. Christopher gets brought in and he's horrible. He pitches the worst inning of his entire career and gets taken out of the game immediately. Goes back to the dugout and, he's, and he writes a whole thread about he was really, really embarrassed, but not for the reason that we think. And he talks in depth about how he sucked so badly in that inning. So Christopher goes back to the dugout and he's in the dugout and he's just toxic. He's just hating on himself. He's got bad vibes and he's just sending those vibes into the, into the dugout to the other players. And he's just horrible to be around. It takes about two innings for him to figure out that he's toxic to his fellow players. So now that he's conscious, he takes himself out and he goes back to, back to the locker room and gets out of there and, and, and takes his bad vibes with him. And he gets a text from the scout who brought him up to the majors. And the text is a scouting report that talks about all his skills. But one piece is in particular was a scout was pointing out to him was one of the reasons that we actually gave you a chance. The reason that you're here is because we saw you pitch a bad inning. We saw how you handled it. We saw how you went into the dugout and cheered on your teammates and how you were a good teammate, even after you had a poor outing yourself. And we thought that kind of resiliency with your fastball, with your talent was something that we wanted on our team. So the very thing that he was dealing with at that moment was the thing that got him into the majors. So he took a deep breath and he realized that he had to clean himself up, dust himself off, 
got himself all washed up, went back in the dugout, was right there for his team and cheered for his team. And he said, that was a lesson learned. The lesson for you, the lesson for me is how well do we fail when we suck, when we fail, when we lose a sale, when we lose in the boardroom and people don't listen to us or someone doesn't want our idea, the CEO shoots it down. How do we handle that loss. Beth Perlman, who I interviewed on the Rising Leader podcast, a woman in technology, she was a CIO in a big corporation. She would bring initiatives. And she said, I had to not take it personally. I had to understand that. Was it the right time for the initiative? If I failed to get it across, was it the right time? Did I do the right homework? Did I create the right champions? Did I do everything I needed to do? Did I lose gracefully? Am I going, am I, am I going to be able to live to fight another day and maybe maybe improve my myself. It was a it's a great lesson in how to lose gracefully. The question is again, how do we do it? How do you do it? Do you sulk? Do you go lick your wounds? Do you get resentful? Do you find excuses? Or do we just realize that everything is sales, everything is enrollment and we need to come back and we need to come back better. If it's a hill worth dying on, if it's a if it's something that's really important to us, if we think it's really going to be a benefit to the organization, to our family, to our friends, to anything that we're to the party that we're at, do we come back and come back better? And how do you do that? Right? Acknowledge the feelings of disappointment. That's really important. I don't like papering over feelings. I get disappointed. I get sore. I get sad when my ideas, when I get shot down, when I fail. I hate failing. I hate failing in public more than anything. Right. So I lick my wounds. I feel the feelings. I feel the failure. I feel the disappointment. I feel the embarrassment. I make sure to let those emotions run through my body. Then I take a deep breath. Then I try and change the way I view things. And then I try to separate my identity from the failure, my identity from whatever that thing was, because that was an attempt. Uh, Steve Chandler likes to call uh, life an experiment. Everything is in the lab. Nothing is a failure. Everything is just an experiment. We're trying different things. Uh, Seth Godin, in one of his books, he says, he goes about everything and says, before I start, I say, this may not work. He goes into everything saying this may not work so that just in case it doesn't, it was just an experiment. So thinking about things that way. But the last piece that's really important is even if you feel sore, even if you're sad, what you can do is be there for other people. You can be there for the team. If the team goes in a different direction, you pick up your oar and you start paddling in that direction. You paddle cheerfully. Because there's going to be a point where someone else loses to your idea, and you're going to want them to have the respect. Say, great job. I lost. You won. I'm paddling in that direction. Make sense? Change the trajectory of your career, but it also will just change how you feel about things. You put a smile on your face. You put your shoulder to, to whatever it is that everybody's doing, and you get to be part of the team. Hope that's helpful. Lots of love for you guys. Have a great rest of the day. Thank you for joining today's conversation. If you got value, please share the episode, give us a thumbs up, write us a review. And if there's a topic you'd like us to cover or a question that you have, send them my way. Look forward to connecting on the next episode of the Rising Leader Podcast.